You are listening to the Midtown Church Podcast, a ministry that exists to make Jesus known. So this podcast is is taking place because uh, when we met at the midweek uh, as a ministry couple of months ago now, I guess almost, or a month and a half ago, uh, we said and invited people to send in questions regarding the gifts of the Spirit, and, and I have been, uh, I've been tardy. I haven't gotten my act together and, and responded to them. Uh, only a few questions have come up. I've, I've received other questions on the Sunday mornings, and I know um, and answered uh, some then. Um, you know, especially as it relates to some of the more quote-unquote miraculous gifts of the Spirit. And I know things have been dealt with also wonderfully by community group leaders, but we've still received a couple of questions and I, I want to be faithful and, and respond uh, to them. Probably the one that I want to spend most time on uh, uh, in, this, in this podcast is the questions about, uh, and I'll just read the question that came in, can, can spiritual gifts change over one's lifetime, or once it's been given, is it therefore good, quote unquote? A great question. I've, I've never heard it posed exactly like that. Most often, uh, it, it really comes down to the question that people ask is, is can, can I get another gift of the Spirit? Can I receive another gift of the Spirit? Uh, or is the gift that is given me or gifts that are given me, do they stay with me? Do they, is that it? Uh, I'm, I'm set for, for life with that. Uh, and so it kind of ties into this question. So uh, let me address first and foremost that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, is very clear that gifts are given to us through the Spirit of God. Uh, Paul says in a number of places in 1 Corinthians 12, things like that. So the same spirit apportions to each one individually as he wills. So God is sovereign over the giving of our gifts. God arranges the members of the body. God composes the body. And God has appointed in the church uh, gifts like apostleship and prophecy and teaching and, and so forth. So it, we want to be very clear. God is sovereign over the giving of the gifts. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, with the gift of the Holy Spirit comes spiritual gift or gifts with the Holy Spirit. And it's given, the gifts are given by his will. Paul writes in verse 4, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities. But it is the same God who empowers, and I would add, gives them to all. So, so that's number one. I want to be very clear there. But when you move over to chapter 14, in verse 1 of chapter 14, Paul writes, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, some people would say that that is a clear demonstration that we can desire, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And so if we don't have the gift of prophecy, we can earnestly desire the gift of prophecy. Uh, my response is I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Now, I know some would be vehemently opposed to that idea, but 
Um, the earnest desire is something that seems to be clear there, uh, that we should desire gifts, especially gifts like prophecy that we do not have. Now, some I know would push back on that and say, this is, this is a directive to the church, that Paul is writing to a church. And so what he is saying there is that in the church, desire gifts like prophecy, especially in the church, that the gifts in the church would manifest themselves, and especially one more time, the gift of prophecy. And, and I get that. I think when we read the scriptures, we must understand the context. But when we take a look at another example, if you drop down in chapter 14, Paul is talking about tongues there, and he asks or states, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. So this seems very clear to me. We have a call that for the one speaking in tongues, if they don't have the ability to interpret, that they should pray that they may, may have the ability to interpret. And so I think, I think that brings clarity on the verse one answer or verse one uh, statement to the idea that we should desire to do these things. We should desire these gifts. Does that mean that if we desire them earnestly and pray for them, that they will be ours? No, because I go back to my previous point. God is sovereign. God is the one who gives the gifts. And so doesn't mean that we will not all prophesy, not all speak in tongues and so forth, as Paul is very clear on too. But that doesn't mean just because God is sovereign that he doesn't call us to pray for things. Uh, God's sovereignty doesn't remove man's responsibility and invitation to partner. Uh, when Jesus teaches on prayer and he give us, gives us the, the, the pattern of prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, he prefaces before he teaches on prayer by saying, God knows what you need, so when you pray, pray things like, provide for me my daily bread. Well, why are we asking God to provide for our daily bread if we already know we need our daily bread? So just because God is sovereign and he is meticulously sovereign doesn't mean that we don't participate. He ordains the ends, but he also ordains the means. As James writes, we do not have because we do not ask. And so long story short to this question, I think we are called to desire gifts other gifts that may not be in our lives. And there's nothing to suggest that we aren't given other gifts, but it doesn't presuppose that just because we ask, we will get them. And I do think we need to keep in context the life of the church. And we want this for the church and not just simply for ourselves. I also think one other comment on this. I also think there are people who are gifted who aren't using their gifts. So they're not opening their mouths, for example. Maybe they're scared or hesitant, like we talked about in today's message on prophecy. Maybe they're despising the gifts. Maybe they have the gift of prophecy, but aren't opening their mouths. And so Paul writing to Timothy uh, in the uh, first letter to Timothy, or perhaps the second, uh, in the pastoral epistles letters to Timothy, he, he calls Timothy to fan into flame the gift that was affirmed in him by the elders when they laid hands on him. And so there's also an aspect where our gifts grow. And so they may not look like anything now, but as we mature in Christ, they begin to show themselves. So I think we also need to pray for that. But anyways, can 
Can spiritual gifts be prayed for? Yes, I think we have a clear call to pray for them. Can they change over time? I, I, you know, I can only answer this question uh, just by uh, pointing out uh, different uh, things that go on in the history, have gone on in the history of the church, things that have gone on in the planting of churches or the planting of missionary endeavors, where it certainly seems that people God calls seems to gift them, at least for a time, for a specific work. Um, I think especially overseas ministries where there are no other leaders there, there's no other partners there where the, the Spirit of God, whether you would call that a spiritual gift or the Spirit coming on a person for a season, grants them much grace for a specific time and place. And so in that way, I would say, yes, they may change over time, um, but there's no verse that says gifts are taken away from us. We perhaps may, like I said, going back to that other point, we may be praying for them and you have the gift of tongues. You pray for the gift of prof, uh, interpretation and, and God grants you that in that place. Um, but I think, again, it's very clear that we are to desire, we are to pray uh, for them if they are not being manifest in our lives or in the life of the church. Another question, and I think they're really the same, should a spiritual gift be evident in all areas of life? So, for example, if you have the gift of administration, should that gift be evident not just in the ministry of the church, but at home or at work, those kinds of things. Yeah, a couple things on this question. Um, we have to make sure that we don't confuse our natural gifts with our spiritual gifts. They're both ultimately a gift of the Spirit because we receive everything by God's grace. So our natural gifts, however, may just be that. And there's nothing wrong with that. God shapes us in, in, in the light. So all that to say is if you're a teacher by profession, and you're teaching high school students, that doesn't necessarily mean you have the spiritual gift of teaching. And vice versa. If you have the spiritual gift of teaching, you may not be all that good as a high school teacher teaching math or teaching the sciences or whatever. So we've got to make sure that we don't confuse the two because if you come to Jesus as a teacher, I'll use that example again, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have the gift of teaching. Now, it may be, and there may be a reason why they cross over nicely, but there's no guarantee in that. But the other way, if you have the spiritual gift of administration, should that flesh itself out in your life, in business, or what have you? Uh, I don't see why it shouldn't, um, because we don't do just our lives in the four corners of, or the four walls of a church building. We live our lives and, and are on mission all the time. And so I, I think that, uh, those people who are gifted in those kinds of areas, certainly it should flesh itself out. But I also understand that there are, I'll speak more personally about this. There, I can't imagine doing anything else in my life because I'm so passionate about the church and I'm so passionate about ministry and I'm so passionate about being, being involved in kingdom building. And I think think that that's the case for at least some people in the ch in the church too who aren't paid to be here but just love the church and they love being a part of the church and they want to see people come to Jesus and so they may not bring that same passion to their job and so it doesn't show itself in the same way but I don't think we just 
turn on and turn off just because we show up on a, on a Sunday morning and then turn off when we go back somewhere else on, on Monday morning. And so um, I think there is a bleeding over. Um, but again, I think passion is a part of it too. Uh, we, we're zealous in our gifts for the sake of the kingdom. And again, we may not bring that to an office job uh, as much. Not always. I'm, I'm not downplaying work. I think vocational work, what we do in our lives is very important. And we need more Christians on fire for the Lord in the workplace than we do working at churches. So I don't mean to suggest that one's more important than the other. I just think we get passionate about things perhaps connected to ministry, uh, especially if we're really passionate about manifesting our gifts. So those are the questions that came came through. I hope that's helpful. If, if, if you want more uh, follow-up with that, if I wasn't clear enough, uh, just, just email me, norm at midtownchurch.com. Thanks a lot for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more information about Midtown, please go to midtownchurch.com.